When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined this afternoon by James Rushton. James, how are you, mate? All good. Uh, tired after transfer deadline day, as I'm sure you are and uh, everyone else who stopped off late hoping Villa would make a deal, but nothing happened. So yeah, all good. Looking forward to the season. Now it's officially beginning. Yeah, well, I spoke to Ash last night on a Facebook Live, so it hasn't gone out on the podcast feed yet, so I'll kind of interweave bits of Ash throughout this chat as well. Um, but we did that Facebook Live at 10 o'clock last night, and we said, look, Villa aren't going to sign anybody now. Let's just do it now. Do 15 minutes and have a quick chat about how we assess it. And we went, pressed live, and the first comment comes in, literally 10 seconds in, and said, why haven't we signed anyone? So I just said to Ash, look, Ash, why haven't we signed anyone today? Fans are craving another midfielder. That's what we all wanted. So I'll ask you the same question I asked him. Why didn't we sign anyone last night? I mean, if you were happy with like a Jordan Barry or a, a Brett Holman coming in on deadline day, or I, f- I forgot half the people who've come in for the on deadline day. Um, Simon Dawkins, you know, if you wanted that calibre of player, the type of player who's probably available for cheap and uh, to fill holes in the squad, then yeah, um, that player would have come in. But Villa are looking probably for better things. Um, I think the key thing is is a midfielder, but you need you need an upgrade on the Canberra and Louise, who, let's be honest, on their day can be fairly decent in the Premier League and not on their day, maybe an average 6 out of 10. Um, you need an upgrade on that. You need an 8 or 9. And that costs a lot of money and it might not be available. So if the guy ain't available, you're not going to be able to get him. The people who are available, Villa have bought him in the past and they haven't had anything from them bar, you know, Tyrone Mings, who, you know, um, shone for us after joining in on, on, on deadline day. So, you know, history goes with this decision for Aston Villa, I think, um, even though it, it might be a tough one to swallow right now, Dan. Dean Smith's comments last week, spoke to him directly to him. I said, I said are you all done? Can you expect any more? Because a couple might come out, but I'm happy with my squad. And he's going to live and die by that. He's backing his team. Um, I know Villa fans, myself included, you want all, you want new players in. New, 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 need, need, need. need. You want Anguisa, you want Bissouma, you want everyone. Um <laughs> But do we need a holding midfielder? Everyone's saying you need a holding midfielder. It's, it's crying out. We need a CDM. We lack height, like Lee just said there. We need a CDM. Need a CDM. But well, look, look at the stuff. Say yeah. we don't need a CDM. Do we have to just trust that they know what they're doing? And we, yeah. like you said, I think I think it was you anyway. After our last game, if Nakamba doesn't start in a midfield crisis, it shows that Smith doesn't really want to play a holding midfielder. So yeah, we're not yeah. going to go and sign one for fifty million. Well, Ashley Young played there last week at the weekend, didn't he? So <laughs> crazy, but well, yeah. Listen, he, he wants he, he's happy with his squad. He wants to play the youngsters. Carney he impressed him the other day. Um, it's a, a great belief from from that. Sixty minutes against Brentford in the Premier League. Seventeen year old kid. There aren't many seventeen year olds doing that, Dan. So he's going to come on leaps and bounds. He's going to turn eighteen in October. He's going to get a new deal. So the new deal for Carney will be there. That's one 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 that will come in October. Um, Jacob Ramsey, I thought he was great against Newcastle, Dan. Um, mm. 20-year-old now. He's big chance. 
players to come back, McGinn to come back. I thought he started the season okay. Um, Morgan Sanson played tonight, just watched him tonight, and he's a £15 million player. Villa don't want to give up on you. So, so yeah, and the Canberra as well. Um, he's not going away with Zimbabwe. He's staying to be a part of... Um, in contention for Chelsea, so he's not doing a booing deal or Martinez, he's staying, he's fighting for his place. And yeah, no, I know midfield's a touchy, touchy, a touchy subject at the minute, but um, it's, it's four points from possible nine. I think we're going to we're going to see what Villa are all about against the Chelsea's and Man U's coming up. Proof of being the pudding then. And if Villa, Villa fall short, Smith, Smith will have questions to answer. Why don't you, why don't you bolster the, the, the squad in the window? Yeah. If they don't, if they do well, Questions are going to be there, are they? Also, the flip side of that, I did a lot of video yesterday for the other clubs in the Midlands uh, for coverage via work. And there was a conversation on our, on our Wolves show about Troy O'Reilly and Nevis and saying, well, look, clubs aren't going to come in for them today because Wolves won't sell them on the last day of the season when they're important parts of the side. And like you said, if we've got to go and improve on Douglas Louise and after signing nine out of ten midfielder, that is a James Ward-Prowse-esque type player to their club, so pivotal, a captain or somebody of that importance. They're not going to let them go on deadline day. You know, our targets were seemingly Emil Smith-Rowe and James Ward-Prowse, and we couldn't get them. Villa aren't the kind of club to go, well, Well, Will Hughes is kind of the same. He's similar. He'll be cheaper. Let's get him for the sake of it. They couldn't get their number one target, so they move on to an, another transfer window with what they've got. And, and like I've said many times, Dean Smith and, and the coaching staff will live and die by that decision. If we're bottom at Christmas questions will be asked to be honest with the names and I know it's not like positions but the names that Villa have brought in you've got Danny Ings Leon Bailey Buendia and Buendia alone was a jaw-dropping one to be honest in the context of it but Danny Ings out of nowhere mm. massive signing that is that's a guy who was going to City or Spurs and he's at Villa so you, you know what the, the, the name's Ashley Young um, the type of players you brought in is it's one of the biggest transfer windows Villa ever had you you look at the signings they've made three of their biggest ever boys dad yeah. in one window and i know it's because mr villa jack Grealish has gone and left that 100 million pound hole on the side but you can't argue with what they've done to replace the main issue in well, the people squad. say people say without with um with Grealish going we've spent we've spent nothing well, we haven't. We haven't spent nothing, though, have we? We've spent nine million. <laughs> spe- yeah, and that, that, there's more. There's more costs than you can imagine. Than then, then is reported. We're signing these players. There's agent fees, the wages. We mm. don't know what these players. These players could be on massive, massive money, uh, money that Aston Villa hasn't spent in the past. So, you know that I feel like they've bought well. It's just it hasn't been the 10, 10 out of ten, nine out of ten, or even eight out of ten window that everyone thought it would be. But I think Villa have had to react. It, you know, there's there's a market here where Villa aren't the, the big guys. You know, you can see it, what what Man United did. That's what they're a club. You can still see what Arsenal did. And I know there was a, a laugh about Ramsdale. Villa just don't have that power right now. They they might do. They might save the kind of spending power that Jack Grealish unlocked to till next window to January. We we don't really know. But you know, you you can see where Villa sit in the pecking order, and they're trying to get there slowly it's not going to happen in one transfer window mm. we have to see in january in summer you know january they could be waiting until january to make make some moves we don't know what we what we have to say is we've only played three games and our fear of villa's the weak spot is a perception we don't really know because we haven't seen a full strength villa and people are saying we needed the dm we needed some height we needed that midfield that's the missing piece of the jigsaw that would have got us in there it's very kind of a binary prediction that people have where they go, if this one player 
guarantees that position. First of all, it doesn't work like that, as we all know. And the flip side of that is going, we haven't got that midfielder, so we're going to be relegated this year. It doesn't work like that either. We've got no. a bit of patience. We haven't played our full strong, our full strength side yet. We've seen 20 minutes of Leon Bailey, a 30 million signing, who will change the game. Brendier has been match fit for, for arguably one game, and he scored. <laughs> what more could you want? Dan Ings has scored two and three. Whether the balance is right in midfield, we're all just speculating at this point. And as you've mentioned with January, we saw Morgan Sants on last year in advance of the summer window. There's no reason to suggest that Villa wouldn't do something similar this January and sign someone kind of ahead of schedule in preparation for next season. So it's all if, if buts and maybes at this point. But would you class it as a missed opportunity that they, they didn't just go out there on a Calvin Phillips or someone and went to Leeds? Here's 70 million. We want your best midfielder. I've got to emulate Matt Kendrick here. Um, so I apologize, apologies in advance for the, the wounded analogy um, and the torturous uh, metaphor. But if you walk, if you want cereal and you need cereal <laughs> in your cupboard and you walk into a shop and they don't have the cereal you're looking for or even like the alternative and they've just got like you can smash a few bricks outside and put it in milk if you want <laughs> you aren't going to take that though are you like if you want James Ward Price and James Ward Price isn't available to you and there's no kind of second option you're like you're not going to just buy are you like that the names were floated around yesterday. Yang Gisa, I'd have really liked him. He went to Napoli in the end on loan. He's extended his contract at Fulham, so you don't even know what the what it works out in the end, especially with the way Italian clubs do transfer deals. But you, he was in the side Villa beat twice <laughs> last season. And last season, Villa still had the problems of physicality in midfield. And they finished all right, didn't they? In the end, they they brought Morgan Sanson in. Morgan Sanson, by the way, he was played 294 minutes of football for Aston Villa. To put that into perspective, if Danny Ings plays 20 minutes of the next game against Chelsea, he's played more football in a Villa shirt than Morgan Sanson, which is incredible. You know, I'm not saying Sanson's going to come in and be the midfield saviour, but at the end of the day, Villa played the, what their fifth choice midfield setup against Brentford, mm. and Brentford couldn't break it down. Like to me. It, we've got a perception of a problem and I really agree that it could be a problem but it's a could not is a problem because we've got to see a full strength villa before we start ringing alarm bells because we haven't we actually haven't seen a full strength villa Gilbert leaving was probably the yeah. most noticeable one yesterday on deadline day I spoke to Ash about this as well um, and the first response that we had was people saying well who's going to be back at right back now and I was thinking we'll have all the places that, that we've got cover for. Yeah, they're not an out and out right back, but concert had project restart games there last season. Um, Twanzaby can play there. Even Ashley Young can play right back as well. So of all the positions I'd be concerned about, backup right back is is the least of them. Any thoughts from you on Gilbert? I know he's um, a senior player, so you can't recall him in, until January to register him. Um, but he's a player I've always kind of liked, um, and that's because of his energy and his aggression. And those might not be things that kind of fit in with Aston Villa because I think the aggression in a tackle can often hint that you're out of position in the first place. And I'm not, I've not got reels and reels of footage of Gilbert in front of me, but Villa have, and they made a decision. And look, we don't know that he didn't go to Dean Smith and go, right, I want to play 30 games of football this season. And mm. you're not, you're not going to get that because Matty Cash has been, you know, he's had some poor games, but for the most part, been very decent and with a lot of potential Aston Villa he's been someone who's an ever-present part of the squad he, he's, he's not moving from that position unless he has a stinker and you know we, we haven't seen Matty Cash probably put in the performance of like a Matt Target against Watford so the question mark isn't there the question mark of course is if he's injured 
if he is injured, and touch wood he isn't, because really would like to see Matty Cash play uh, the 38 full games this season. Mm. You've got Ezri Konza. You've got, if if his injury is fine, you've got Axel Twanzebe, Ashley Young. And you can, because Kane Kessler-Hayden is not a senior player, he's under 21, you can recall him and he can play. Depending on the depending on the deal with, with um with Swindon where he's playing, he can come back in and play. As far as I know, I don't think that that is wrong that he can come back. But that's the, that's your emergency option. Even in January, you can recall Gilbert. So you've got what seventeen games until he can potentially come back. You've got seventeen games where you know not even half the season where Matty Cash can play and hopefully not get injured before you go to Konza. Before you go to, you'd have to go through four right backs. The chances of that happening in seventeen <laughs> games are slim to none. Like you, you would have to have prioritised one of your strongest positions over every part of the squad mm. to prepare for that. And clearly, Villa are very comfortable. There's question marks elsewhere, but I feel right back. You don't know that Gilbert wanted to go and play, and people say the treatment of him might have been poor, but. I don't see that. I see that it's a hard position for him to get in. Villa are very comfortable about the pathway. They've got a utility man in Twente, but you can fill in a lot of positions. And they've got a guy who wants to play football in Gilbert. What do you do? You send mm. him out on loan and he succeeds, hopefully. Maybe it's a question next season. Is he going to be better than Matty Cash? We don't know, but we're only going to know if he, go, if he succeeds on this loan, not if he stays on the bench, not yeah. even on the bench for Villa. We won't know. I think Freddie's a good guy. He had a good season. Yeah, yeah Villa yeah, and um, but clearly not fancied. Clearly not fancied on the ball. Obviously, Matty Cash coming for forty million quid, and yeah, he's got he's gone to Strasbourg. I think he said that this period was a bit unsettling with the offers I got in got at the last minute. But Strasbourg is my choice, so make, make that what you will. But uh, yeah, options at right back. I think Smith's happy to go with Young if needed to fill in at right back. Two and Davy can play there, and obviously can't can play there in Project Restart if needed. So. So yeah, I'm not not really concerned. I think Cash needs to up his game a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He's not not a guaranteed starter by any means, but if if he forms his dip, I think Young Young might slot in there or or two and Avery. So it's yeah, you got to keep your shirt. So it's Cash's at the moment, and who knows? There could be a change there in the coming weeks. But yeah, Gilbert leaves. He's got another year on his deal though, Dan. So his, his deal Villa runs in, runs out in 2023. So once his Strasbourg finishes, they've got another year. What to do? Similar to kind of Horan situation, obviously. He's on loan to Sheffield United now. His contract expires this, this next summer. Next summer coming, so he, he's already waved his goodbyes. And I think Gilbert, I think Villa will hopefully get a fee for him next summer, and then wish him well. But yeah, uh, he's gone. Um, interesting loan move for Mungo Bridge, obviously. FC yeah. NSC, third third division in France. Um, I've seen a lot of Mungo Bridge. You know, a twenty year old. He's a bit of a flamboyant centre half. He's not your usual. Kick it in edit merchant. He's very nice on the eye. Bit of a Rolls Royce kind of centre half. Good on the ball. Logs a long diag. So I think European football quite suits him. Nice little move for him to the French third tier and hopefully gets a career out of it because obviously his contract's up in 2022 as well. So that's probably a hint to his exit as well. Good luck to him and Don Revan as well. Influential figure. He's gone from Weymouth to Northampton now. So League Two, Northampton. Good level for him. People are saying, like, right off Europe. Forget about it. It's not going to happen this year. First of all, do you agree with that assessment three games in to say, forget about it? Mm. Or do you seriously think that that is a step too far for Villa this season and expectations should be limited a little bit? I think Toro Ming summed up last week, didn't he? He's quite a telling comment that was. He said, I don't know what the direct quote was, but he said, I think he'd, he'd probably take 10th or 9th this season as long as, as, long as it, 
progressive one that finished better than last season. He said that would be a success. Obviously, we've heard from from Perslo missing out in Champions League last season did hurt a little bit Europe last season because they're, they're, they're in the bag to get. Obviously, the injury happened to Grealish and whatnot. But Europe it seems a bit of a bit of a pipe dream at the moment. Um, to get in that top six, big ass for me. I'd probably take an eighth, ninth. I'd, I'd take that this season. I just want to see progress on the pitch. I want to see better than last season. I've got a better squad now. Players are coming in. Ings is two and three. Like you say, it's been so disruptive. Um, yeah, they're going to aim for Europe. They're going to aim for the stars, obviously. That's what players are coming out with. That's that's their common goal. McGinn, Concert, Smith, they've all spoken about Europe, this, Europe, that. And um, if, you don't, if you don't aim for something, then you're never going to get there. So... That's always going to be on the on the on the dressing room, the table and whatnot. They're going to be fighting for points every week and trying better last season's point total. Hmm. Well, if they get ten more points in last season, they're on, they're on for it, aren't they? I think they'll be yeah. aiming for that. So is it fifty five points last season? Was it <laughs> get close? Get close to 60, 65 this season. You're looking good, aren't you? So um, we'll see. Um, a lot needs to happen. I think Liam Bailey's going to be so. So pivotal to this season, getting fit and firing. I think he's going to be a special player. There's lots, a lot of excitement there. Benji looking good. Ramsey started well. Beginning fitter than he's ever been. And yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I'm sure we will. Right now, I feel like it'll be a tough ask for Villa to qualify for Europe. I feel that there's a lot of consolidation, a lot of gelling. A new squad that essentially needs to find a way to perform together and, and be coached. And there's been disruptive pre-season coaching moves Villa are doing different things, trying different ideas um, with the layout of the squad, with the players they're bringing through for the first time. You know, it, it, I can't think of a situation where so many academy players have, have had a pathway, you know, to, to play for Villa senior side. So I think it'd be a tough ask. But if you were to, to tell me right now that we finished 10th or 9th with this squad, that's without Jack Grealish that we've improved. And mm. I feel there can be no better stamp of approval than that and even if you finish 12th 13th you have a good enough season I know people say well might say where's your ambition my my ambition is still there but you know I'm just blessed to be going back to Villa seeing everyone singing having a good time and we're not so focused on picking apart these lineups and and picking apart everything about a a new look Aston Villa side one that has still a lot to prove um we'll we'll have to see but I, I still think we can um but it will take a lot from this side, and they might not have that much to give. But look, if if you have another, if you have a good January transfer window, if you have a good summer transfer window, if you can keep your side together and keep pushing, and these young players keep improving, the the sky's the limit. And you've lost the best, one of the best players who's ever played for the club, and you are still achieving that. So plenty, plenty to be, you know, appreciative of, and plenty to look forward to. It doesn't have to be Europe or bust. It it, it was before we were under so much pressure. But if you, you know, we want to be the club where if players, if we don't get into Europe and they want to move on, they go with our blessing and we buy better. You know, that that's that's the club we want to be. We don't want to be hamstrung by the whims and fancies of players who, who think the grass is greener on the other side. You know, we, we want to be that club where you can be, use us as a stepping stone if you want, but you're going to be looking, hopefully you're going to be looking back in a few years and going, what if I stayed? Mm. And, and, and part of that is yeah. you want to be signing people for 20, 30 million and they're leaving for 60, 70. There you go. It's, you know, Villa aren't, they look like a big club, but in terms of the cash flow, they've got brilliant owners who will back them at every chance. But in terms of the cash flow, you don't have the same opportunities. 
you can't, you know, look at the elite midfielder you've lost to Real Madrid a decade ago and go, right, we'll give him 300 grand for, you know, a jolly, you know, for two years. You can't, if you're Vassar Villa, you can't do that. You've got to think smarter. You've got to make sacrifices in the transfer window. You can't get everything you want. But if you're left there with Danny Ings and Leon Bailey and Emi Buendia, you can be very happy about what you've achieved. I'm going to throw in a clip here when I was speaking to Ash about, about the kind of midfield debate because I kind of said, oh, I don't really know how, how I think about the whole situation. This was only 12 hours ago, so I still don't know if I've got any more um, advanced thoughts. So I'll chuck that in here. I've sent out a few tweets this morning saying, on one hand, you've got fans going, Villa should be better than where they are. They've spent 300 million in the last few years. <laughs> and then they also go, but we need to spend more money because we, <laughs> we haven't got enough. We still need four or five signings. And I, I can't quite kind of settle where I am where I am on it all yet. It's fair. So, because I, I just feel like if Villa wanted a midfielder, they'd have signed one. So if they don't want one, they don't think we need one. But then all the fans are going, well, we do need a midfielder. We need we need a holding midfielder. We need some height. We need some strength. But mm. that, that coaching setup and that scouting team are more than aware of what Villa's weaknesses are. And if they don't feel like we need a midfielder, then kind of have to trust them. Um then you see bids going in for Ward Prowse and he's not a defensive midfielder. He's not a big, strong, mm. strapping DM, is he? So even if mm. they were going for them, it's not the type of player we all think they need. No. So there's a lot of things have to line up to make a signing, like you said. People just go, well, we'll go and spend £40 million on Bissouma, but Brighton don't want to sell. He might exactly. not want to leave. He might not want to leave to Villa. Villa might not be interested in him. They might want to pay the wages. There's a lot of complications to a signing. If a lot of those things don't fall into place, it doesn't happen. Obviously, something could come out of nowhere in the next hour or two, which is very, very unlikely, and all this looks stupid. But as it stands, there won't be anybody coming in. And I just don't know how I feel about it because we've signed people going, oh, well, without a, without a midfielder, bottom six this year, relegation battle, clubs yeah. a shambles, Smith's clueless. And I'm thinking, I just don't agree with any of that. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. But we spent, and someone earlier in this said, this year we've spent no money because we've got a positive net spend. But you're forgetting mm-hmm. that we bought in a hundred and we've spent the vast majority of that. Mm-hmm. It would be zero money spent if we'd have bought in a hundred and we'd set and spent nothing. We spent yeah. 90 odd million still. Mm-hmm. Spent 30 million on, on Ings, 30 million on Burndia, 30 million on Bailey, pretty much. Young's on decent wages and Twanzaver we a loan fee. So Villa have spent money and we've yet to even see some of these players yet. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, but when Deers, um, Bailey's played 20 minutes and Danning's played three games, uh, when Deers played two, I think, or, or three, it hasn't looked fit. And people are saying, oh, bottom six this year. Mm-hmm. I just think we played three games. I, I, I understand it could be difficult. And, and I'm not just saying, yeah, like, let's have blind faith because that, that gets you nowhere either. But one minute people are saying, spend money. And the next are saying, well, don't forget the youngsters. And yeah. it blocks the development of those youngsters if you just keep spending money and Villa aren't the club to go. We need to go and spend forty million here on somebody. Like, yeah. If I think if we'd sign Morgan Sands on today for fifteen million, people go ten out of ten window. Exactly. Yeah, they'd be buzzing with that. And uh, it's unfortunate for Villa that they signed him in January and we're yet to see him. Yeah. Likewise with Bailey and Buendia, we got them in earlier. We've not seen the best of Buendia and we've not seen Bailey. That's not the club's fault that these players have got injured before we've got to see them. Mm. So, if you're asking me, which you're not. I'd say it's a 9 out of 10 window. If Villa don't think we need a midfielder, I have to agree with what they say until I see otherwise. Exactly. If, we're, if we're 18th at Christmas and we're losing the midfield battle in every single game, I'll go. say, why haven't Villa signed a midfielder? But for mm. just right off the season based on a transfer window when we could win the next three games against the big boys, which I'm not saying is going to happen, but 
football is a if football was written that the big team beat the small team every single time, there'd be no point watching. Yeah. So you've got to wait a little bit, I think, because there's got to be a bit of patience because I, I just don't I don't see with the mad clamour to to go, we need this, we need that, if the guys who run the football club don't think that because they're exactly. far more qualified than the rest of us. Yeah. I don't know what... I'll ask for your thoughts there, I'll just go out my own, so I'll let you take the floor. You can give a run there, Dan. You're all right. Yeah, it's all right, that. It's all right, <laughs> mate. I'll to go to bed. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not fantasy football, is it? You can't pick a player. I'll have him in my team. Um, you're not playing fantasy football, so the midfield area. There's loads there at the moment, isn't there? Begin, Ramsey, Douglas, Louise, Nakamba, Jay, um, Chuck Mawika. Uh, obviously, Young played there the weekend, so there's lads in there. Um, what you're gonna, what you, you can't over, can't stop ball players. You can't stop Paula. Um, so these these trust in these mid, 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 midfield departments, and it's up to them to come good now. If they don't come good, they'll be out the door sooner rather than later, and then the fingers get pointed, don't they? So, but listen, I'm happy with the squad how it's shaping up. I think I think Jacob Ramsey's emergence has probably shifted Villa's transfer strategy and policy. Thinking he looked really good in that game against Newcastle. He's 20. He's coming on now. He's a big size now as well. I think he's back. I think they're back in the youth, the young lads. To be fair, Carney coming in as well. Restart. I think they're going to give, give them opportunities. Um, there's a bit of an, ex- an experiment in that sense, a bit of a test for them. And if they come good, it, it's, it's it's going to pay off, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm, like I say, I'm reserving judgment for now. It's four points from nine from the start. Um, the signs there, and there's loads of players coming back, Bailey and Co. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. The window itself, eight out of ten, if not more, to be fair. I'm, the owners are back Smith to the tune of 100 million. They sold Grealish, replacing me three. I've had experience with Ashley Young. Axel on loans, a quality, quality deal. So, and the kids coming through. So, um, yeah, I like it. I like what they've done. Um, the proof will be in the pudding. Like it always is, Dan. Yeah, exactly. If they get to Charles and they get whacked, okay, and they get, they get beat again, you'd be unsure, but there's plenty there. There is Morgan Santon getting back fit and firing. They're going to give up. They're going to give up fifteen million pounds worth. He's been injured most of the time, and he's a Champions League, um, the Champions League pedigree. Morgan Sanson. Okay, he looked a bit, bit, bit rusty tonight, but that's 40, 45 minutes in the tank for him. And yeah. he's a Champions League player, so get him involved as well. And it's got to come as well. It's a, it's a newish team as well. So it's got to be given time. And Villa go on a run. I think all was forgotten. And and yeah, obviously fans always want more. That's, that's what fans are for. That's what I'm saying as well. We always want more. Can we buy in? Can we buy in? But I'm pretty content with the squad as it is. And I'll reserve judgments in the next, next couple of games against the big boys. I think, you, you know, you find out a lot more then. Yeah, you live and die by the, your decisions in the transfer market. And it is always seen as such a, an important part of kind of a club's growth. But the players we've bought, I feel like, exemplify that. If you were to, you're not going to add Cal- Calvin Phillips, which is probably the the prototype of what you think Villa needs. You're not going to, you know, how much is Calvin Phillips going to cost above all? You know, you, you you had that chance a few years ago to maybe get him, but you opted for Nakamba and Douglas Louise to, as we've said, two players who can perform a job. And if you need that defensive midfielder, and I think that's a valid opinion. Absolutely. We're all here for our, our, our footballing opinions and, and maybe our opinions on the, the transfer market, but we have absolutely no say or no control. We only have that opinion. And if Filler did need a defensive midfielder and, you know, the jury's still out because when you do sit someone down and ask and go, right, well, how does it work? 
it's a bit like ooh, it's a, it's no solid idea. It's it's a theory of things. It's like it might work like this. It might work like that. If you're so in between on a decision, can you, you know, the million pound drop? Can you put all your money on it, and you know it work out? You need a midfielder that's got essentially be a better ball progressor than Douglas Louise and a better ball winner than Nakamba together, and they need to have a certain stature as well. I don't know if that player was immediately available to Aston Villa, and and one you need them also to fit in just as well in terms of personality, in terms of the person they are. If Villa weren't convinced about how, say, a Weston McKenney would fit in to Aston Villa, or even if he was the right type of player at all, why would you spend so much money and wages on that if you were actually genuinely unsure? Um, Weston McKenney is an interesting one because obviously um, news broker's interest offered to Burnley. Tottenham were in for him. Um, Villa interested for two years. He's, he asked questions about Villa, some of what's it like. It's always been on, on the cards. But if you're offered to Burnley and they're not going for him above Villa and Tottenham, there's something up. Not necessarily that he, you know, in terms of his personality, he might not he might be asking for wages that would blow away Villa's wage structure. He might be asking for more than Danny Ings for someone you don't know fits. You know, you don't know like this person that you've held a graph up of said that he's brilliant fits it at Villa. It's also like you said earlier on, luck is a certain element here. If we'd have signed Morgan Sants on yesterday, people would have gone, Yeah, that's a good window. We signed him back in January to try and get ahead of schedule and he's played two hundred minutes. That's bad luck. Because it says look, if you look on Wikipedia and go, Morgan Sanson has actually played nine games. He hasn't played nine games. He's played two hundred and ninety minutes, which is about three if three point three, three point two games. He's been booked three times, so is essentially exactly what Villa needs. Someone who's just tearing around a pitch, pressing and laying mm. in tackles. So, look, we have to wait and see. I'm not sure he'll be a saviour, but if you brought him in yesterday, exactly, and paid more for him because he would have cost probably more if he if he'd had a, a different contract situation or it was at a different club, the type of player you needed, he'd have cost probably twice as much. Mm-hmm. And we got him at an up time, and we now need to see what we have. We now need to go to our recruitment team with our needs, not our wants. We need to go in January right or next summer, this is what we actually lacked. Not what we thought we lacked, what we genuinely actually lacked. Now go find it. I had a couple of tweets yesterday talking about like net spend and stuff like that. You know, we're in a positive net spend for the first time. If Grealish hadn't have gone, does that mean we wouldn't have signed anyone? All these kind of things. Oh, I've spent 300 million since they got promoted. Oh, that should be better than mid-table already. But also, can we go and spend another 70 million on a few more players? We're still five players light. We're still six players light. And it's like, that's a lot to ask for in, in one transfer window. We've already signed four starters as is at the, at the moment with the young playing every game. People talk about the 300 million, but how much of that 300 million was spent on the first season just to build a squad? Yeah. After we got promoted and take away the loans that had to be bought with Tara Mings in there. And, and Conte was bought that year as well, I think. Yeah. You know, how many of those are still with us? Well, you know, Wesley's the biggest one, the club record signing, and he, he's out on loan. He's not even part of that that spend anymore. So well, my long-winded question, basically, is how do you assess Villa's transfer recruitment over the last few years and summarising it with how you assess it this window um, to assess this transfer window and, and how we move forward from here? I'm sure if you sat me down on Football Manager <laughs> and gave me 300 million to spend across three years, I'd have had a Villa winning the title in FM21. <laughs> But it's not real life, is it? It's a stupid game. Like that's all it is. It's a game, and we think we are with our knowledge that we get, or you know what we get through osmosis on on Twitter and social media. And it goes into brand that we think that we might know better. Sometimes we, sometimes we do. Sometimes people do know better just off the street, you, you, and and it happens. I think just a, an anecdote: the Cleveland Browns drafted a guy 
so essentially your your main buy on a deadline day because a homeless guy outside said he's the one, you know, and they they bank their future on 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 that guy who turned out to be a waste of time. So sometimes people do think they know better off the street and get it wrong. Sometimes they do and they get it right, but it's all it's all theories in a you know in a silly game of football. We we don't know, but what we do have to say is we've got a job. Our job is to cheer on the team, get behind mm-hmm. them, analyze. You know, dissect what goes wrong. We we don't know what's what's going wrong at the moment. We kind of know stuff that we don't like or things that don't happen. But Villa have played one bad game out of three. They played one all right game, then one eh, game, and in the you know league cup, they were smashing <laughs> against Barrow. But what can you take from that? Well, we don't. Dan, we don't know. And you know, we can go on about net spend all you want. Um, nobody knows how much money Villa have have spent. On transfers and how long that is across, apart from the you know the finance team and people are willing to dig into you know companies' house, but there is a you or people going on about net spent all the time. There is a significant amount of transfer debt accumulated by this club, based on free transfer windows. Essentially, you could still be in a situation where you've bought Leon Bailey and you're still paying him off, whilst you're still paying Tyra Mings and Wesley and Douglas Louise off. You know it's these things aren't just how you don't just rock up to club Bruges with 20 million and go give mm. us Wesley. It doesn't happen like that. It's fantasy. There's so much things in terms of cash flow that need to be worked out and planned meticulously to not fall foul of certain things and not to put your club in a hole as well. It needs to be planned. It needs to be, you need, you need to get the spreadsheets out and work it out. It's not just something that, that happens. It's not like a, a simple exchange of goods at a shop. It's not your household bills. It's something more akin to economic spend it's it's complicated and complex and you know clubs have done themselves over with this type of stuff and taken on too much at one time so gotta have faith can't read internet spend too much but what we can say is villa have significantly spent a lot of money every summer to improve so far so good when do you start to judge from what you're seeing on the pitch because there's only so long we'll say it's only three games it's only five games it's only six games when do we start saying no this is what Villa are this season because the next three or four fixtures are tough so is it 10 games where you start to say this is where we are is it 15 is it, is it do you go as far as 20 like, when do you start to say right this is what Villa are this season we're in a relegation scrap or we're in for Europe or, or whatever it is I think 10-15 games and if Villa aren't showing anything it's clearly a worry that no one will be sitting here going, "Oh, we'll be fine." It'll be if it'll be bad if Philip aren't showing any kind of chance creation, any sign of winning a game. But the proof so far is they've been a bit, a bit middling, a bit sluggish, and I feel like these are things that can be fixed before you know, ideally before things get too bad. But got a good game against Chelsea coming up, a good kind of litmus test of where where are we against you know this side that's gone in for the title can we break them down better than we did when they were just kind of focusing on Jack Grealish and I mean to us that way I want to see what we're doing against these sides I mean had three quick fixtures barely a full squad between them it's really really hard to judge that doesn't mean we can't or say things or or analyze it means our long-term kind of opinion shouldn't be too swayed by these things I think 10, 15 games, we'll know where we're at. And then in 17 games time, we can plug holes to a good amount. I mean, there should be a decent amount of money to spend on fixing things if there's that much of a problem in January. So 
wait and see. We'll have a good time in between, hopefully. I was about to end, but just so we're up to date with all the latest news, Villarreal have appointed a coach today. Uh, Aaron Danks joins as first team coach from Anderlecht in Belgium, having previously worked at West Bromwich Albion's Academy, as well as with England, where he was lead offensive specialist coach, helping the under-20s win the World Cup in 2017. That's uh, from the Villa website. It's another West Brom one, which is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's um, I feel like my personal feeling that is it's a bit, I feel a bit bad about that because I want, I know I'm speaking outside of a Villa fan, but I want all our Midlands clubs to be strong and have an impact. Not, yeah, maybe not one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> leave them out. But um, I feel like the West Midlands has so much more to give for football than, than it is. I mean, you know, the only impact we've had is Wolves were good for a bit and Leicester, <laughs> Leicester won the title but you know where's your where's your Forest where, where's Blues back he's a bouncing up and down losing everything to Villa so Villa have to you know do good by these clubs they've essentially kind of kind of looked at and, and taken and taken bits from in terms of the academy Aaron Danks I feel like is a, a progressive coach I'm um, someone who was with the FA set up a, a lot and I, I feel like a lot of that FA set up is at a club that's really impressive Brighton um, yeah Dan Ashworth, I think he's is in a big role at, at Brighton now. So I feel like the FA, you know, especially on people have their finger about Southgate, but with how the the national team has improved and the vibe about it, in not just in terms of their manager, but the coaching staff and their sort of and how that bleeds down. I feel like it's a very impressive appointment. It's a, a progressive coach who's had the the right ideas um, and elect, you know, FA West Brom. It's it's kind of like a good CV to have had for a, for a coach in 2022, 2021 even, I, I wouldn't be able to argue with that, to be honest. It, we've got to see what he can do though. Yeah, it all sounds promising what, what we're building. I think we just need a bit, bit of patience to, to see what they what they've put together on the pitch. Um, we'll call it a day there for today's podcast, James. Thank you very much for your time as always and thanks to Ash uh, you know, for filling in last night and, and interweaving into this episode as well. Um, leave a comment below this video with your how you rate the transfer window out of 10 maybe. Um, give us a score for how Villa have done. Uh, I think we're taking a little break now with the International Weekend and we'll be back for a Chelsea preview probably in about a week's time on Thursday or Friday and then it's back to um, reacting to games I think it's on TV isn't it Chelsea so we'll probably do one after the Chelsea game on the evening thanks everyone for tuning in we do appreciate it as always Uh, and up the villa thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa up the villa